every childhood nightmare I've ever had about sitting on the toilet just came rushing back to me, and I passed out. Well, it was. Problem. Oh my god, so disgusting. February 27th, Thursday night. You know what that means. We talk code. Episode 180, PHP Ugly. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson. And my rap counterpart, John Congdon. No rapping tonight, but Come what do you on! mean? What do you mean? What do you mean we talk code? When was the last time we talked we code on the show? Try to talk code. Try. Stop it. <laughs> also with me, Thomas Rydup. Hello. How are you guys doing? See, you, you have to listen live to hear the, the rapping because you know that got cut out of last show. Oh, absolutely no, not. It, no, no, that was 100% in there. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. You didn't oh, keep that in. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm talking about. So we're going to see how long how long we can keep OBS up and running this time. But yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a thing. Our little new OBS configuration. Now, I'm going to jinx it because it was about this time last week when I was talking about the new OBS setup that it went to hell and, and crashed on us. So let's uh, let's just see what happens here. So how has everybody's... I've got a ton of stuff to talk about, and uh, I got... Did I, did I update the Trello board? I did. I got a ton of stuff to talk about. I don't want to monopolize the the show today, so I definitely want to give you guys opportunity, ample opportunity to speak. Otherwise, I ramble. Laricon Online. Were you there? Yeah. I, uh, I stayed in a hotel... Yes, and I watched it in my underwear. No, yes, I was there. I think I've said this before. I'll restate it. I, I, I'm getting more and more adamant about this. If you're a fan of Laravel and you've always wanted to go to a conference, but you don't think you could afford one, Laracom is actually quite the bargain. You don't get the full conference experience. You don't get to meet people in the lobby and have those side conversations. And, and that's kind of kind of a big part of going to a conference but the presentations are on point like seriously watching the presentations on Laracon Online might be better than sitting in a huge auditorium with 800 people all with laptops on their laps trying to record a conference um Laracon Online is a great and a, a great conference I mean it is top quality speakers um, in the Laravel community, and it's about as convenient as possible to watch. Yeah, but my my favorite part sitting there watching it, Eric and I hear this blub 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 blub. Oh, and I'm like, Jesus! I'm like, Wait, I'm like, childhood like, nightmares no, come no, true. No, no, no. I'm like, what is that? I thought it was just the speaker just blowing hot air. Like, you know, it's like, oh, that's nothing. Actually, I said, no, it sounded like it came from the bathroom. <laughs> we well. <laughs> What what's funny is was a build up. Like I, we kept hearing the bloop bloop all morning, and I I was with Jeff. Oh, really? Initially, I, I thought it, I thought it was the I thought it was something they were doing on the conference stream, and then it was getting louder. I'm like, is John playing a video game over there? Like we sit <laughs> next to each other, but like I don't stare at what he's doing. So I kept hearing this like bloop 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 bloop. I'm like, I think he's playing a game over there. That's, you know, <laughs> not a big deal, but it was unusual. And then I said, I, I'm like, no, I think that's come from the bathroom. Eric finally gets up and walks in there, flooded, completely. Nice. Like, the, there's a shower in there. The shower was completely full of brown, disgusting water. The toilet has water coming out from underneath, which we got to contact. It's got to be bad. Out. Yeah, that's not <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not within bad. normal parameters. And, and and we acquired two new pets in the office. Two, oh my god! Two two nice, two, two fantastic office pets. As long no, as we keep them fed. No. no. Oh, I mean, no? It, it was it was so comical. It's like I'm in there. I'm like, whoa! I'm like, John, bad situation in here. Bad situation. And then John comes in, and it's like you know. It's a, just an office bathroom, so it's not big. And like like he said, there's a shower and a toilet and a sink in there. And so he's like there. So him and I are both crammed in this to- in this bathroom trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, obviously, it's obvious what's going on, just like how severe it is. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what's that? And we see something in the toilet. and say, oh, no, what's happening? There are two huge cockroaches just sitting in the bowl, like, 
three inches long. Cockroaches. Nice. I mean, so big. This thing had to wiggle its way out from the little toilet drain. It was <laughs> every childhood nightmare I've ever had about sitting on a toilet just came rushing back to me, and I passed out. Well, there's it your was, problem. Oh my god! So <laughs> disgusting. Oh it was my god. bad. Favorite so, part of the so, favorite part of the online conference, though. And then, of course, the developers were there because you know they were there watching the conference, and you know we have one day a week where the developers show up, and the toilets are down now, and so they have, they have to go find other means to to relieve themselves while the plumbers are coming in. Oh man, it was horrible. It, the good news is it wasn't us. It, it's a shared office building with kids. Like there's a there's a daycare or something attached a preschool. Attached oh, to it. So the good news is it affected uh, innocent children as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if we if we have to swim in brown nasty water, so do they. Yeah. So that that was enjoyable, but the but the conference itself was great, and then uh, they've already got the videos up. So so the actual conference was yesterday. Today is Thursday, and they already had all the videos up because we uh, the conference starts at. What nine a.m. our time, East, yeah. East Coast time. So that's like six a.m. our time. So we typically, I typically missed the first talk or two, and ended up having to deal with things and missed uh, the last talk, which or, or actually Matt's talk, which was the last talk, and then the talk behind before that was Snipe, who's uh, local to San Diego. I missed her talk as well, so I got to uh, catch up on those through the. Uh, through the video stream today, so that was, that was good. But yeah, good good talks. Uh, Livewire man, super jazzed about Livewire. Oh, side note for anybody interested. No, I don't care if you're interested or not. Jacob <laughs> Bennett, uh, <laughs> Jacob Bennett uh, posted on uh, Twitter that he was going to take notes uh, using this uh, application called uh, Notation, which is something I've been using. And you can subscribe to, like, no, it's like Evernote. You know, you can share notes and subscribe to them. So I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, I'm going to, you know, steal his notes. And I tell you what, I wish I sat behind this guy in class. He's got to be the best note taker I have ever seen. I mean, he's, like, doing this stuff live. And I'm, like, checking out the notes he's taking. And it's like, I, I wish I had gone to school with this guy. I might have actually gotten, like, further in life or something because... He takes excellent notes. So I snagged his notes. I'm, I'm going to be going through his notes. Here. So you would have got farther in life by cheating? Is that what you're saying? Hey, I, further in life is what's important. Hey, how you get there, <laughs> you know, our president is very clear. It's, hey, it's, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Uh, but yes, uh, what were we going with that? Yes. Livewire. Uh, live you brought up Livewire. got me going. I was saying you brought Did up Livewire. Did you see it, Tim? Nope. Did I you did see not. it? You didn't see it. No. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's when you bailed. I missed all of this. What? How's that? I've been swamped. I've been real busy. Ah. And uh, busy with busy with work. Busy with work stuff. Uh, a code quiz. Uh, uh, getting my uh, my entertainment center systems completely set up, which turned out to be a, a much bigger pain in the ass than it should have been. And uh, lots and lots of things. Cleaning. My wife. Uh, Went to go get something out of the car uh, yesterday morning and slipped on the ice and fell straight on her butt. And we ended up going to the urgent care uh, for two hours or something like that. Is no. she okay? Yeah, she's fine. She's, she, she's feeling better today, which means that it's not broken. Um, <laughs> but the urgent care basically said, like, if it's broken, there's nothing we can do. Which is kind of a bummer. I was hoping to get that, like, diaper-style... Uh, cast on her just so i could just so i could laugh <laughs> okay well that that was that was, that was interesting um yeah. i've been busy that's okay. all i'm saying I've been I'm, busy. I'm not sure i'm not sure where to go with that i'm just gonna continue <laughs> continue talking a couple of things came out uh yesterday as well uh, a new plugin since we're on the laravel topic which i preview previously was before before Thomas wished upon his wife a cast diaper, uh, <laughs> a, a new uh, plugin 
uh, was released for PHP Storm, specifically aimed at uh, Laravel, which there, there's been Laravel plugins before. Yeah, I didn't but this is too. actually this is actually uh, being marketed as a Laravel IDE. So it's an IDE within an IDE, and it's not free, and it's not cheap either, mind you. It's uh, oh, I wanted to say it was like forty bucks for an individual and eighty bucks for for, for, uh, for a year, right? For a year, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You have to renew it every every year. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get to pricing now. I I, I totally I'm totally slipping on the pricing here. Yeah, it's it's ninety bucks a year. For organizations per user, and then it's uh, forty bucks a year for individual users. Uh, so, not cheap. Um, this is called Laravel Idea, and it, it's a little different than your typical Laravel plugin. So, one of the things it does, which I think is something a lot of PHP Storm Laravel developers have been asking for. Is like all the artisan commands for like creating models, controllers can now be initiated within the uh, PHP Storm interface. So you just you can create models, factories, all that stuff. I, I just watched the video, so I don't have a lot of hands on with it. I, I should probably get some hands on with it. There is a thirty day trial, by the way. But one of the things that looked appealing to me was like when you're doing a uh, when you're doing a route. You know, a lot of people started working around um, the controller name at method name uh, convention because it wouldn't autocomplete in Storm and you couldn't click through it and all this other stuff. Well, now it looks like you can. Now it looks like even with the, the single quotes, it'll, it'll autocomplete uh, controllers at methods uh, inside routes. And I mean, it. It, it continues to do what I've already what I've already always argued IDEs do, which probably makes you a weaker programmer, right? It, it does a it does a uh, lot of stuff. That can confirm. I, I just have to say that I d- I did this coding quiz doing uh, completely from scratch PHP, no libraries, and I did not realize how rusty I had gotten. Well, that, that's because you you used to working in a framework, not used to working with an IDE, right? Well, yeah. But or, I mean, or am I wrong? An IDE, you're right, but yeah. an IDE is just another example of that uh, that crutch. You know, if I yeah. was to if I was to do this in Vim without any type hinting or anything like that, I would not be getting anywhere. And it was it was rough. It was it was definitely rough. Uh, do you guys know how to save stuff to the session? Is it just session and whatever you're saving? Yeah, it's that session super yeah. global, which right. I had just I had just completely forgot that that's how things still. Work. Are you not supposed to do that? Huh? I still do that. I say you're not supposed to do that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like I look at look at Laravel session stuff. It's all encrypted. There's flashes. There's uh, unencrypted yeah. sessions if you need it. There, there's all these different. You can store objects real quickly with it and retrieve them. It's just real handy. And uh, Laravel does it via cookie, doesn't? Correct. Uh, it does encrypted By session default, cookies, yeah. but then it does actually yeah. store stuff in the real session if you tell it to. Gotcha. There's, there's only so much data that the cookie can actually take. Right. Yeah, I had some uh, session fun this past week, too. Oh, what'd but you do? Ahead conti- no, go ahead and con- continue if you would like, because you you're were talking about your, your quiz. No, well, I, that was that was the whole thing, was that I, it turns out I'm far rustier than I thought I was, and it was much faster for me to... Uh, to write the components from scratch of Laravel that I use mm-hmm. instead of try and work around all of the issues of doing things manually. So I wrote a view class that knew how to do redirects and knew how to pull templates and parse them and stuff like that. As so I just sort of re-implemented bits and pieces of Laravel as, as my code challenge. You you wrote a little mini micro framework. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wrote a little router that was just you know a switch statement and knew all the endpoints. Yeah, and, and yeah. again, the, 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 this plugin seems cool because it seems like I, I again no hands on, so I don't know for sure. But looking at the video, it looks like it ties into your database. 
if if you have it configured. So as you're like um, doing things like uh, your fillables, for example, in a model, it's it's auto completing those from what I saw in the in the video. Um, like it, I, said, it does. I, need, I need to install it and, and, and give it some give it a run. It does validation through, rules auto completion, which mm-hmm. that on its own would save me forty bucks in a month. I, uh, <laughs> like pulling up pulling up the Laravel validation rules on a browser, I do it a couple times a day, and it takes me five minutes every time. So it, I so, mean, so it you, would pay for it. It's itself. funny you bring that up because I, I gave you a hard time in our in our company Slack channel because. Uh, something else, I, I don't think this was uh, done, well, maybe it was, maybe it was intentionally done uh, with Laravel online, but um, the Tailwind UI uh, website was released as well. And um, what this is, is this is like some really high-end Tailwind components for your site. Uh, beautiful stuff, absolutely gorgeous components but again there's a cost associated with it i think laravel for better or for worse and to be completely frank with you i'm leaning towards better uh, i think laravel has done a lot of work in establishing more of an ecosystem than a community like we've we've talked about before where there's a lot of uh, encouragement of starting small businesses in the Laravel you know, world. There's a lot of selling small services in the Laravel world. And like I said, I'm, I'm not completely against it because a lot of these people who do this, you know, before they do it, they typically release tons and tons of open source, uh, you know, things, products, um, Tailwind UI is an example of it. The people behind Tailwind UI have been releasing little Tailwind components for free for a while. But uh, but now that they have this Tailwind UI, there's a cost associated with it. Now, this this cost, man, seems steep to me. But, you know, when I mentioned that, and, and the reason I had mentioned it is because already our, our UI guy at the company is like, this is perfect. This is exactly what we need. I you know I'd love to have this, and I'm like, man, I don't know. It seems steep, and I mentioned that in Slack. And then of course, Thomas jumps down my throat. Oh, it's not that bad if it saves you a couple hours. Well, okay, let's be clear here that it it is two hundred and fifty dollars for a a an individual license. It's six hundred for a team license, and Right. You get unlimited projects out of it. I mean, it's if it's something that saves you time, it, it's worth the cost. It's it looks very nice. I, it looks I'll like it would save you plenty of time. The the components look absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and you don't you barely have to do anything to use these kinds of components. And I mean I I, I like that it's an individual license or a team license, but the team license is still just a single account. Like, it's still an individual license. Yeah, I, I don't get that. I don't understand that. So let's say, I mean, like, if I was going to develop a web page for a company like One Wheel, and I wanted to have a nice, you know, pricing layout or something like that. Now, let's be clear here. The One Wheel is $1,000. So then for the price of... Oh, one wheel. I could get four licenses or one team license. Yeah, I'm not saying that like the I one mean, wheel is an overpriced toy. You know, it's I'm just definitely saying the cost of doing business. Uh, you know, from from my perspective, I mean, John and I do this all the time, and we'll invest in things just to see, like that uh, plugin. We may invest in that just to see if it's worth us buying for the team, and, and this is something. This is one of those things we may do. We, we've actually already talked about it. It's like we may invest in it just to see if it's, if it does actually save us money. I mean, from a business perspective, I, I got no issues with this at all. Um, it's just, I feel bad for, for the hobbyists, right? The, the people who don't make money <laughs> off the stuff they do. 
and, and like you said, Laravel does a lot to kind of promote the whole, you know, try to make money on your side project sort of idea. And, you know, you can, you can get tools like this, but, but for your hobbyists that's like looking, you know, who, who are just like getting into Tailwind, they come across something like this. It, it sucks. It, it, I mean, it's, it, it, it sucks because these are some gorgeous, gorgeous implementations and to have a paywall up on it, it, it would be, is yeah, it's tough. No, there is there's another because restriction it's, too. Because it's JavaScript, because it's JavaScript and CSS, it's a matter of time just before people are using it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not even JavaScript; it's all just CSS. Yeah, yeah it's all you're, CSS. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's, um, it's just a matter of, of ripping. One it. interesting thing well, is that you can't create derivative work, so you can't create oh. a. You can't create a, a template or a site and then sell that site. But Ben Ben Ramsey actually brings up an absolutely fascinating point, which I was not aware of. He says you can even make it part of an open source project, which is confusing to me. So what I is the freaking license on this? Think that you can. It says, um, "Can I use yeah. Can I use Tailwind UI in open source projects? Yep, as long as what you're building is some sort of actual website and not a derivative component library." Interesting. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, who's Who is it that's behind Tailwind? I. It looks like it looks like Adam Wathen is working on Tailwind UI with Steve Sugar. So I like that. I like I I like seeing the creator of the open source component get a paid component out of it. And, and there is a, there is a free, uh, I think it's tailwind components is a website out there that have, a, that has a bunch of free components on it. Yeah. So there, there are solutions and there's no stopping people from creating, you know, free. I mean, it's, it's the word WordPress community all over again, right? They're free templates, they're premium templates, it's sort of the same thing. I mean, I, I don't really see a difference. And the the icon set for Tailwind UI is called Hero Icons, and it's open sourced by Steve Sugar. So that's cool too. Yeah, like, Steve is Steve is the is is another is just another amazing person. If you haven't seen his work, he just does some great stuff. He, I think he does. Is he the one that was doing the Laricon? Uh, he might have been the one that did the Laricon uh, website. I, I don't remember now. So many people now in the community, I can't keep track of who's who. Yeah, um, it is It is rough. Um, something you mentioned I think we skipped by because we distracted you is that uh, Livewire went 1.0. Livewire went... I'm telling you guys, man. Livewire... So, so a couple of things. Uh, in Laricon Online, Taylor did confirm what we talked about last week, which was ZTTP is now going to be in the core Laravel 7.0. It's going to be an HTTP uh, call. Super excited about it. They, he said it's essentially the exact same library, but they made some improvements to it. Um, looked really good. Very simple to implement. Just a wrapper to guzzle. I, I'm telling you, man, Livewire, I think, would be a wonderful addition to the Laravel core. I, I mean, I think it's fine that it's its, its own uh, component. but I kind of prefer it that I, way. I, actually, I absolutely love Livewire. And now the, the whole what coupling... What is Livewire? You keep saying Livewire like everyone knows what it is. Some of us don't. In, in the coupling of Livewire and Alpine JS, it, it's just... Awesome. So live, you know, we, we talked about last week on the show, but a live wire is built for people like me, uh, you know, these backend developers who want these JavaScript-ish sort of components on a website, these, these real-time updates and, 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 and changes, but I don't want to learn JavaScript or, or I struggle with JavaScript because that's how I... I I love Vue. Vue, Vue has, I, I probably have gone further with Vue than I have with any other JavaScript library or just learning JavaScript, you know, by itself. I don't know why it's a mental block for me. I just struggle with it every time I have to do it. And Vue is no different. It's like, although I can, 
I can get functional in it, I need to do it every day or at least every week. And if I if I skip a couple weeks and have to go back in, I, I find myself relearning stuff. Livewire just allows you to stay in PHP, and it is gorgeous, a gorgeous implementation. I really feel like it, it, it's going to be a bigger thing than it is right now, and it already seems to be picking up a little bit more traction, but Livewire and Alpine.js, which is, Alpine.js is a super, super minimalist uh, JavaScript uh, framework, so all this stuff can play together. You can actually have Livewire, Alpine.js, and uh, Vue.js all in a project. That's that's not an issue. Yeah, and let me just let me let me go over the example here for for Livewire. Their little quick start thing is that you you create a class that extends the component mm. uh, object or component class, and in this class they've defined the methods increment and decrement, which counts, which increases or decreases the value of the count variable. And when you call wire colon click equals increment on a button in HTML, it calls the class and properly controls the method that's being used and calls it as if it was JavaScript. So it's very, I mean, like, it really looks like PHP and feels like PHP. You're using the object formatting for PHP, not the JavaScript style. It, it's very slick, and I, I'm actually interested in using it uh, coming up. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I think it's going to be a big part of my, of my tool belt in the future. I, I would, um, I would yeah. use it, but right on their homepage, they censored heck. How the heck does this work? And that they censored it. You sure it's heck? What? What are you talking about? I, I, I guess it could be hesk, elk, elk, H E asterisk K. Wow! Yeah, that is. <laughs> are you talking about uh, where? Are you, where are you guys looking at the GitHub Lar- repo or no? Laravel-livewire.com. It's just funny to me. The the thing some people choose to censor. Oh, I do owe you a a a little gratitude, Thomas. Um, you got and that's the show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> if your feet are cold, it's because hell's frozen over. Uh, you got me uh, uh, kind of kicking it with my uh, Raspberry Pi. You 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 gave me the heads up of the of the of the headless implementation of the Pi. Last yes. week, which I never, I never bothered. I don't know why I never bothered to think about it, but I, uh, I did did Google it. I'm like, oh, okay. So all you have to do is edit a couple files. So I did that. Not even got that. Got the Raspberry Pi. Got the Raspberry Pi up and running. Ran great, and that combined with the article that John had pointed me to earlier, which got me when got me going down this path. I don't know, man. This seems like a pretty powerful tool now. So, what's set up is um, I have a I have a Raspberry Pi four now with a USB C connection, which is you know what comes with the Raspberry Pi four by default. And I got a shitload of stuff on here. I've got all my repos. I've got um, them configured uh, how I like them. I got all my ZS. basically. My terminal mode on my Mac is now on my Raspberry Pi. So everything I do in a terminal on my Mac with all my ZSH, my Vim, my Git, all that stuff is now configured on this Pi. And what I can do is now plug this Pi into, um, well, anything with a USB connection to be quite honest i mean it could be my phone for that matter but obviously what works best is the ipad and i can ssh to it and it's working pretty good um the only things i wish i could do that i can't yet is the um the vs code uh server um i i we, we talked about a couple shows back of how you can now run vs code on a server um, and it's actually just a Docker container as well. You just fire up a Docker container. 
Uh, that doesn't work on the Pi because it's the wrong architecture. Architecture. Now, there is a version of VS Code you can install on the Pi, but keep in mind, I'm not using the Pi's UI for that, so that really doesn't work. And, and, and honestly, a lot of the Docker stuff, like a lot, like every Docker configuration I have set up for a project doesn't necessarily run well on the Pi because like we'll have CouchDB, for example, configured, and there's no CouchDB for the uh, Pi architecture. That's not fantastic, and it goes back to what we we're talking about earlier. It's like you know you've become so dependent on using IDEs that the the idea of just using straight Vim again is is you know nerve wracking. Then maybe you need to use straight Vim again for a while just so you get over that fear. So I have I have my my pimped out IDE ish Vim implementation on it, but yeah, it even plugs into my um. My laptop. So, I mean, even my MacBook, I can just plug it in and SSH to it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's functional enough where I'm going to keep carrying around with me in my, in my bag because I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious about what more I can do with it. Um, now there I is a CouchDB Docker image. Not, not for, not for the Pi architecture though. That's the problem. I see you can run CouchDB on Pi. I see an ARM64 CouchDB image. I, I can tell you, I tried tried running it, and it said it couldn't couldn't find the, the correct arc. Now it's not just ARM; it's a, it's a specific version of that's uh, true of ARM. So um, because there's actually an ARM version of a VS Code server as well, and I tried running. There's like two of them, and I tried running both of them, and neither one of those uh, worked either. So you know, it's it's not the end all be all great solution that. You know, I kind of hope, but it's pretty damn close. And, and again, I still run that VS Code server on a server out on the Internet. Just the whole idea was this would be something I could hook up to my iPad, not have any connectivity to any Internet, and still be able to get things done. You know, still be able to edit and stuff like that. And it's super light. And the power consumption is nowhere near as bad as you think it would be. I ran this thing literally 12 hours uh, with the iPad running and the, um, and the Pi hooked up to the iPad. It ran for 12 hours. Damn. You know, I, I think it was down to like 12, 12%. Yeah. I had, a, I had a hell of a Pi day today. I've been trying to move a, several of my media consumption functions to a Raspberry Pi 4. The last one being installation of Kodi, which is a media manager player. Um, and I had all of my stuff working except for Kodi on the Pi. And then I installed Kodi, and when I ran it, I got a black screen. And looking this up, I couldn't find any solution anywhere, and I spent hours and hours checking options in the config and doing this and that. Finally... I read, you know, everyone decided ditch uh, Raspbian and go with Libre Elec. Have you heard of that at all? No. It is a completely trimmed down version of Linux that's designed not to use anything but Kodi. It doesn't use apt-get. It doesn't have a desktop environment. It doesn't even have X11. Uh, Kodi runs its own graphics driver, so it just boots itself up. It's a very, very sparse system. And that's what I was supposed to do to get it working. So I, I formatted my SD card after backing stuff up and then put noobs on it, which is the, is the uh, operating system installer for Raspberry Pi. And I get the rainbow screen of death. <laughs> nothing I do works. Absolutely nothing I do works. I cannot get this thing to boot a known good SD card because I just used the same one. And I'm getting a screen. It's just not booting to the drive. Finally, after reading forum post after forum post after forum post, someone deep in the trenches says, are you using the HDMI port that's closest to the power supply or the HDMI port in the back? There's two right next to each other. And it turns mm -hmm. out that the Raspberry yeah. Pi 4 
initializes both of these HDMI interfaces, but the one towards the back is interface two, which unless you're addressing it specifically, doesn't display anything. It's just off until your operating system says, hey, also there's a second monitor. Interesting. So I move the HDMI cable to the correct one, and it boots up perfectly fine. And it turns out that I probably could have had Cody running on the original installation, that the black screen was because it was in the wrong port. And I spent six hours at least working on the completely wrong thing because I was plugged into the wrong port. That is funny. Well, really I've never even, drove me nuts. never even got this one working, honestly. So I don't know. I don't even know. Uh, I, I, you know, I had that issue. I, I, I assumed it was my connect connector, but um, I, uh, I don't even know uh, if I, I should try that. I'll try it. Maybe I'll try that later, later this afternoon. Yeah, see if it works. I mean, I must have formatted that SD card twenty times today, and oddly enough. I got a little link popping up today. The Raspberry Pi company is celebrating its eighth birthday. To celebrate their eighth birthday, they are cutting the price of the two gigabyte model of the Pi 4 to the same as the one gigabyte model, the $35. So now the two gig wow. Pi 4 is only $35. Well, I can't afford not to get one. You really yeah, can't. Right. I, I love this thing. Exactly. I've got... Uh, well, what what would I do with one? I still not. Everyone I hear talk about say, "Oh, it's fun to play with," but I don't actually do anything with it. I run my whole media center Eric. off of it. It has. That's what, uh, I got a, that's what I got a Roku for. It has native support for my universal remote. I got a Roku remote. A Roku for that. remote. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really like uh, it. I like, I like having the persistent Cody always running thing. It keeps itself up to date. It, it refreshes its libraries automatically. I like it a lot. I want. I don't I want know what does one. what does Cody. I, I I know I know Cody like has a huge fan base. I mean, people swear by Cody, but like you still have to have all your media, right? I mean, it does it's not like the Roku where, or is it like the Roku where? You can tie in your 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 Hulu, your YouTube TV. So I actually found an interesting repository that's specifically for Cody on the Raspberry Pi, and it installs a bunch of applications that you can do stuff like Netflix and Roku hosted straight from the same interface. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that it's the oldest media player. Uh, it was originally called Xbox Media Center. It was it was designed for hacked versions of the original Xbox that came out, what, 20 years ago now? Uh, it supports all of the features you could hope for. It's got a web interface. It's got a plug-in system. Um, it can do a bunch of different streaming services. It has uh, so, an emulator. So it does do streaming services. Yeah. So it's... I, I love it. I've used it. Like I said, I've used it for almost 20 years now, probably more than yeah. 20 years now. And it's, uh, Roku's it's fantastic. Are so cheap now. I mean, everything I, everything I consume now is through a, is through a service and Roku's are so damn cheap. I mean, it's, I, like I said, I bought one to, to travel with. So when I go to conferences now, I don't have to worry about the damn television at the hotel. I'm just going to plug in my Roku. You know, it's, well, that's okay. So that's one of the big differences is that I don't use a lot of services. I uh, download all my stuff. But I mean, but I mean, it could be the same thing, right? I mean, if, if the device is this small, if this has all your media on it, you just take it with you, little HDMI plug in, you're off and running. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is I have a, a five terabyte drive attached to it that's got all of my movies, all of my TV shows, everything I could want. So it's just it's as a bundle, it's a very nice portable system, and it's self maintaining. Yeah, Roger says he uh, he gave up on his Cody. Why why did you give up on your Cody, Roger? And of course, because the delay is going to take him some time to respond. So we would have probably moved on to another story. Well, by then. I'm I'm betting that he uses Plex 
and Plex is similar but different. Plex is a media server, so it's aware of all of the media that you have on your device, and it shares it to a device that's capable of streaming in particular formats. So it does real-time encoding on any file that you give it. So he's responding free versus not. Not sure. Cody's not sure free. what that means. Plex is the one that's paid. Yeah. And I have I have a lot of friends that use Plex, and one of the things about Plex is that you can go anywhere and access your library at home from it. Uh, it has its own. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, it's it's nice, but it's not something that I would use or pay for. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't like I don't like the real time encoding stuff. Uh, since we've spent so much time talking about Laravel, I do think it is worth mentioning that if you're a Laravel person, uh, the Laravel upgrade guide for Laravel Seven is released. So if you're curious how much of a pain it's going to be, it doesn't look like it's going to be too painful to upgrade to Laravel Seven. But if you are curious about what it's going to take, well, that's the you, other news is uh, that there is a Laravel Seven. It's not released yet. Right, but it was announced as part of Laracon, wasn't it? Laracon Online? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody knew 7 was coming. It's just they just released the upgrade guide. So, yeah, it looks looks pretty... I'm not sure... I mean, they, did, they didn't go so far as to call out what the breaking changes were, which I know was a, was a topic with the, with the summer uh, versioning. Um, but there's only, there's only there one are, or two things that he said you had to go change. It didn't sound like it was a major. Oh, really? Yeah, major breaking change. Okay. Yeah, so it seems it seems pretty pretty <clears throat> painless. And of course, add adds a couple of new features, which is, you know is always it just amazes me how how often new features get added to the Laravel framework. It's just when you think that there's nothing else that they could add to this thing. Something else gets added, and it's like, oh wow, how do we live without this? Um, I don't know what that would be in this one. I, I forget. I need to go back through it, but some pretty cool stuff. Um, oh, the the route mine. Uh, that that was one of the things that that uh, Taylor demonstrated. So they had the route model binding. Um, it's been a thing for a while, but it always assumed when it when it when it did the auto. Binding to a model, it always assumed that the column you were accessing in that model was the ID column of that model. Um, now you can actually specify which column you want to access in the model. So you can actually you specify the model and then, and then the column you want to access, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, uh, things like that. Yeah, his example was a slug. So if you're building like a a blog, you're, you want to reference the title for SEO purposes instead of an ID. It was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. That was the, actually, that was, that was a good example of that, uh, that then, case too. Yeah. 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 So that was cool. Um, yeah. So check it out. Uh, well, it'll be in the show notes. Oh, and if you listen to the show, you might have noticed, or if you, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you might want to follow us. Uh, so last week, I I decided to give our our social media account some love, and I started queuing up all of our show notes. So I'll try to make that a practice moving forward. Whenever we add show notes, um, I'll uh, I'll queue those up in our social media stream. So over the next week or two, it'll just tweet out the links to all the things that we talk about that have links to them. I mean, not everything we talk about has a link, but um, so yeah, if you follow us on Twitter, you should have probably gotten a, a good amount of tweets this week with uh, links to show notes. Yeah, you went a little, yeah, you went a little the, crazy on that all of in one day. It seems like a ton of stuff was coming out. Why? Why? I, so so I did the same pattern for our user group and for our company as well. So I just started I started looking for articles because. Thomas had mentioned and it got me thinking. It's like you know these these static uh, Twitter accounts don't get followers. I mean, people just stop paying attention to them and don't follow them. So 
I wanted I wanted to get some sort of stream going so that you know people have a benefit for following these things. So like our SD PHP group, I just started you know retweeting uh, and tweeting out PHP stories to it and and the company. I did the same thing. Very limited uh, on our company stream though, just very like business the uh, web development business sort of articles, nothing personal about the company, which is what I really want to start doing. Which is so, one yeah. of the things I'm, yeah, I'm working on. That. I'm still working on building out my little personal site for blog posts and stuff like that. Um, I need to get a logo created. I'm considering trying to create it myself, but I know my, my skills are not best spent mm-hmm. doing that. Let me know. I'll help you with that if you need some help. Well, you guys have you guys have used a logo service before. Well, we we've actually used uh, yeah we've used one of these competition services. Ninety nine designs, I think, was the one we used. Ninety nine designs, which was, I mean, you know, again for for what we spent on it was probably well worth the money. Um, but yeah, it be prepared to, to to. We had so much. Uh, contributed through these uh, competitions, so many good logos, it really got tough to start to narrow things down. Yeah, 99 Designs was a good one for us. And then now we have some internal resources that we use to create logos as well. So, All right, you'll have to throw that my way because 99 Designs is uh, is $300 for a logo. Right, that's what I'm saying. Don't, yeah, just, I'll, I'll see what we have and uh, I'll give you a hand with some stuff. Just, yeah, don't 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 pay a service right now. We'll take care of it. Oh, don't worry. I I, I have no money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The other interesting thing I have in my Trello board, if anybody's interested, is um, do do any of you guys follow the Dev Two blogs now? No. The uh, no, what? It's a Dev. It's devdev.to, and it's just like it's just like uh, a hardcore developer. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Just a bunch of uh, what's the what's the other blog? It's like medium. Uses now? Medium, yeah. It's it's like medium, but hard hard focus on development. All sorts of development. Every every sort of development sort of you know environment you could possibly think of. They they've got fantastic. Uh, uh, we we have a couple uh, people who listen to the show that contribute to uh, Dev But um, anyways, they they released a uh, top programming languages to use in 2020, and uh, yeah, they just basically went through a bunch of these. Other kind of uh, indexing services and and you know what they are saying. PHP is still falling on the list. I, I think on their final list they still had it like number. They still have it at number four, which doesn't surprise me. Obviously, I mean you know we're all in the PHP world, so and and their list doesn't surprise me either. It starts off with JavaScript. Duh, you know JavaScript is dominating every platform. I mean. It's, you know, it does, that doesn't surprise me. Then, then it goes Python, Java, and PHP. What does surprise me is what's not on this list. Um, so they, after PHP, it goes C++, C, Rust, Kotlin, which is a, is a new, newish language, and TypeScript. Those are the top 10. What's not on this so you list. You skipped over then, Dart, but that's okay. I skipped over what? Dart. Oh, I did skip over Dart. You're absolutely right. Dart no one, no one knows what Dart is. That's <laughs> so I started going back through because I'm like, well, they they messed up because they missed a fairly popular uh, framework or language that's out with a framework, and that was Rails. So like Ruby and Rails has always been on these lists. It has always been the thing that was supposed to knock PHP out of the running. Like it's what. I mean, how many years have Ruby developers been saying, oh, PHP's dead? Why use PHP? Ruby doesn't even show up on this list. And I finally saw the one of the graphs they have was a GitHub statistics graph 
And if you look at it, my God, the dive that Ruby took. Yeah, 14th place. Yeah, from from 2015 to this year. It just nosedived. Just absolutely tanked. Like I mean, that's I, just crazy. I can one hundred. Exp- I can one hundred percent explain this. Rust. Node. Node. Ruby. Node. Ruby was Node before Node. I thought all the Ruby people were going to Rust. I thought that was what they were doing. I think all the people you that are still you- with Ruby are going to Rust or Go. But I think the the initial boom of popularity uh, was people looking at Ruby and saying, "This is object oriented like JavaScript. This is lower level. It's fast." And then Node came out, and Node has a billion libraries, and it does the exact same thing. And it's a language that is cross platform. It's. I think I think Node is the reason JavaScript is so high up on the list. So when they say JavaScript, you think they're including Node? Absolutely, because Node is JavaScript. They, they Node is just a framework for JavaScript. Gotcha. Okay, fair. So I, I think JavaScript will hold its place for a long time because of Node, because it's a language people already know. And it has all the same performance and benefits as Ruby. It's just now you don't need to install Ruby on Rails on some system that can't support it. And I think that's always been one of, one of the uphill battles that Ruby had over PHP. PHP, every hosting provider on Earth had PHP. And, and Ruby, if you wanted to run a Rails application, it wasn't like that. They were very specific, you know, hosting providers you had to go to or you had to do it yourself. And I mean, Ruby's a great, great language. Don't get me wrong. And I, I think it's right on par with PHP. I don't, I never bought into the whole, this is going to kill PHP um, because it, it never did anything that, I mean, the, there was always the argument back in the day again, before PHP got better was performance. So, I mean, that was the big Ruby the, that was a big thing Ruby brought to the table over PHP. It's you know, it's performance. But actually, wasn't um, it the fact that it had Rails? It had the framework basically baked into it, where PHP didn't have well, the well, particular framework at the time. It, okay, it was well, a lot it wasn't of baked, things. There were it Ruby. wasn't baked into it, but Rails definitely brought a lot I, of I attention. Didn't, to I didn't Ruby. mean baked in like it had to be there, but it was that was the thing people were using, and that's kind of what drew them into it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Ruby also had gems, which was before right. we had Composer, before we Composer. had NPM. So yeah. Composer and NPM eliminated the amazingness that was Ruby gems. Um, and then, as as our listener Andy points out, uh, Node is taught in college. Node is taught as part of the CS one hundred and one stuff now. And oh, really? Yeah, Ruby just never made it that far. Ruby had its two years where it was the biggest, hottest thing. But to me, it's a, a dead language. I mean, it's a dying language. <laughs> Careful, that's what they've been saying Which, about us for years, brother. <laughs> don't don't yeah. say that too quickly. <laughs> speaking of... But yeah, I, I definitely see less of it. Yes, yeah, speaking of... PHP 8 performance benchmarks are out. Yeah. Uh, so this company called Pharonix loves to do benchmarks, and they've ran some tests on the current dev builds of PHP 8 and PHP 8 with the just-in-time compiler. And the numbers are not in the slightest bit surprising. Uh, most benchmarks saw a like 8%, 9% performance increase from 7, 4 to 8. Um, but the really not surprising part is the just-in-time compiler. Most benchmarks saw like a half a percentage or less improvement really anything. over 8. 
And some benchmarks are actually slower using the just-in-time compiler. Which, if you've paid attention to my explanation of how just-in-time compilers work, isn't surprising. It's very easy to write a program that is slower with a just-in-time compiler than it is on regular PHP. Um, I think we're going to see more and more standards coming out, more and more strict typing enforcement based uh, frameworks coming out. So, I mean, can we just take a moment to just re-acknowledge the, the tremendous jump in performance from 5.6 to 7? I mean, yeah, it's terrifying. People. It's a cliff. That is, that is incredible. Now, the, the performance jump between 7.4 and 8, you know, again, that, that looks very natural. There's a little bit there, but you know, nothing... Nothing that comp- that compelling. Now, if you are still on like seven zero seven one, it's a, it's definitely more compelling. But wow, that jump from five six to the seven was such a jump. So my my interest is my interest is future development focusing on just in time compiler performance um, because the performance is not going to come out of just turning it on. The performance is going to come out of tuning for just in time compiling. So that's that's just what I want to see. Just in time for the end of the show. There you go. Is is that 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 little story? Good job, Thomas. Very good. And, and OBS ran the entire show. That's that's a plus. Although it looks like there's a little bit of delay. 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 Yeah. Delay. So bad. Yep. Definitely. Definitely a delay going on there. <laughs> only f- only for you. Hey. Yeah. Always for me. You. You want to thank our patreons. Patrons, Thank you, Patreons. Patreon. I need to update our Patreon page at some point. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even use our Firefox. See, I created all these new scenes, and I didn't even use them. I got our whole. I got our, our little Firefox one. We could have been looking at the stats. I thought yes, you were afraid of you the uh, the other scenes because sometimes it causes echo. Echo, echo, echo. That was in the other. That was in the other app. Yeah, you're you're right. And uh, oh, this uh, one's probably doing something weird because it looks like I'm on here twice. Let me kill that. Yeah. Also, don't kill your uh, don't kill your browser here, John. Oh my goodness, <laughs> chill. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep calling John out on that one. <laughs> you make one mistake can... one time and you never live it down. <laughs> yes. Thank you, patrons, for. Uh, contributing to the show. We do appreciate your support. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. Thanks for all the listeners who contributed during the show. It was fun. Uh, this might have been the most to... chat we've had in a long time. Yeah, I love it. Yes. It's fun. Uh, oh, I, I just noticed the chat on the stream is not current, though. So this chat on the stream is lagging behind because we have several chats after Roger's uh, my wife gets all the chat. <laughs> I, I, I see them all up there. They've, they've been there. Oh, do you? I do yeah. not. Oh, okay. I don't know I'm what just, John's I'm seeing. Just, I'm, just look, I'm just looking at what's on OBS here, and it, it stops at Roger's uh, oh, chat about his wife, and we have Andy, and, Andy and, and Tom talking after that. Oh. Okay. I will, uh, oh no, 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 John's right, John's right, we're reading him upside down, so the most current, the most current chat is on top, he's right, Thomas, Oh, That's you. there you go. Yeah. Just as you yeah, would he's expect. he's actually right. <laughs> That's been pushing so he goes top to bottom, time. I wonder if I can change that. <laughs> why, why would you want to? It's coming, it's coming not, in like, yeah. it's coming like notifications, it's just pushing the old ones down pushing down yeah all right fair enough fair enough we'll keep it okay that's it though we gotta wrap up the show we're running we're running long here all right uh, this has been episode 180 of php ugly i'm your host eric i'm john i'm tom keep, keep it, it ugly. ugly thanks for listening to this episode of php ugly and thanks to our sponsors the diego dev group if you're looking for developers who care about the code they create the communities they build and the solutions they implement then reach out to the diego dev group you can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. 
follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly. Ugly.